Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I'm going to address the topic of chaos magic, but I have to warn you to begin with that in the last 24 hours, practically, uh, a number of things have happened, things that are relevant to several of the earlier In Presence episodes. And uh, I'm digesting it right now. I can't say I have fully digested everything, but uh, I realize that what I'm about to share with you may sound chaotic, which would be appropriate for a discussion of chaos magic. Uh, but I also have to warn you that I doubt if I can cover this topic uh, in sufficient depth in the time that I normally allot for an in-presence monologue. So, <laughs> maybe I'll go on longer, or maybe this is going to take a few installments before all the pieces of the pie really come together. Let me start by saying this. I have just finished viewing a lecture on video. You can see it on YouTube. In fact, I'm going to link to it right now by Gary Lachman or Lachman. I'm not 100% sure how it's pronounced, but uh, he's an American currently living in England, a former bass player for the punk rock band Blondie. Many of you will remember uh, Deborah Harry's the lead singer in that band, as I recall. In any case, uh, he has written, oh, I think about 20 books now on mystical, psychic, occult, and esoteric topics. He's written about Madame Blavatsky and uh, Swedenborg and Rudolf Steiner and Aleister Crowley, the people who I uh, also really admire and am very interested in. And he has also uh, written a book recently called Dark Star Rising, in which he addresses the topic of chaos magic. And he, the, the subtitle of the book has to do with uh, occult influences related to the uh, rise of Donald Trump and his election as president of the United States. So, <laughs> These are all themes that are relevant to topics I've been discussing quite recently. If you've been following the in-presence monologues, I'm sure you get my drift here. Even the discussion I had about Philip the Ghost and the invocation of tulpas, tulpas is interesting. Uh, so, let me say a, a few things now, because I introduced the topic of chaos magic, and I can tell you this, I don't know much about it, really. I do know that there are several fairly well-populated groups on Facebook devoted to chaos magic. I also know that my old friend Robert Anton Wilson seems to be highly esteemed amongst the practitioners of chaos magic. Uh, and of course, I've had a lot of interactions with uh, Bob Wilson back in the days when I lived in Berkeley, California, and, and he did too. We were almost neighbors. But chaos magic, as I now uh, come to understand it, is not so different from parapsychology. Why? Because chaos magicians, to my understanding, are interested in results. They are much less interested in the trappings that go along with magic, the costumes, the language, the uh, 
rituals. Uh, they're only interested in the results that can be obtained. And naturally, if they can find ways to more effectively achieve those results without having to engage in all the trappings that are found in Wicca or in uh, the Rosicrucian rituals or the Golden Dawn rituals or the Hermetic rituals of different types, so much the better for them. Well, I think that's pretty close to what parapsychologists are doing. Now, there may be a sense in which chaos magicians are way ahead of parapsychologists because, you know, parapsychologists, as I've pointed out in previous segments, have been rather disdainful of the occult. Many of them still are. And I think that impedes the parapsychologists from seeing what's really going on. But remember this, I, for the last uh, 40 years or so, have advocated that parapsychologists pay more attention to magic, the occult, esoteric uh, culture, and so on. And I'm not the only one. There are other parapsychologists who have felt this way as long as I have. And now, I would say it's probably a majority viewpoint. Um, so, uh, my best guess is that chaos magicians, as they, I guess they call themselves that, and parapsychologists would probably have a lot to talk about. Now, Gary Lockman, in his book, Dark Star Rising, points to several factors which I think are uh, relevant here. And one is the, uh, you could call it meme magic. In fact, practitioners on the alt-right who, who do this do call it meme magic. And you may recall uh, during the election, this meme of Pepe the frog, this big green frog, uh, appeared uh, widely in the media. And Donald Trump himself uh, used that image. And I'm showing you a graphic <laughs> of Donald Trump merging with Pepe the Frog. Uh, so, the outright supporters who were uh, interested in sort of thumbing their nose at mainstream society and uh, approving and, and supporting Donald Trump and his campaign, well, I think they liked the chaos he was engendering. I think they also, uh, let me say this, as, as a person who has been a lifelong liberal Democrat and intend to continue to be. Um, and I'll say parenthetically, for those of you who are posting comments on some of my political remarks, two points I'd like to make. One is I'm well aware of the cosmic game here, and I'm well aware that getting caught into the world of duality is not a final <laughs> solution. So while I fervently Democrat, identify as, as a liberal Democrat, it doesn't mean that I also don't have a larger perspective regarding what uh, Stanislaus Groff has called the cosmic game and that <laughs> what seems to be black and white is often, often not what it seems. I know that. The question I have to ask those of you who criticize me, however, is do you know that? And furthermore, let me say this. If you think that my position is mistaken, why don't you criticize the particular points that I make rather than just hurling uh, epithets. 
Um, if you do, who knows? I might even respond. Although, uh, as I say, I read all the comments. It's almost impossible for me to respond uh, to them. And, and I refrain from doing it generally unless I can be specifically helpful. But now, back to meme magic and Peppy the Frog. It turns out, and I learned this from Gary Lachman's lecture, that there is another incarnation of Pepe the Frog as the Egyptian god of darkness and chaos named Kek. And in effect, all of the use of the meme of Pepe the Frog and the phrase meme magic, we'll put Pepe out there, magical incantations, we invoke Pepe as a deity who is going to help elect Donald Trump. They were also consciously aware that they were invoking the ancient Egyptian god of chaos and darkness, the frog god. <laughs> Of, of Keck. And there's a lot more behind that. But um, so there are some people who, who believe that in effect they willed Donald Trump into the presidency through these events. Now, obviously, it's much more complex than that because there's the politics involved. Uh, and I don't want to get into it uh, any further at, at the moment. But let me say a few more things about uh, this idea of chaos magic. The, because, you know, it was very improbable that Trump would be elected. It was improbable, in fact, that he'd get the nomination. But then it happened for a multiplicity of causes. And perhaps this invocation of the ancient Egyptian deity of darkness and chaos had something to do with it. Because all of a sudden, like overnight, we were thrust from a realm of uh, what I would think of as positive liberal democratic growth away from the uh, terrible uh, chaos of the financial disaster of 2008. We we're on, look at the stock market during the Obama years, a very positive growth curve. But in any case, now we're in a different era, completely, a completely different era, psychologically. And, uh, the point I was going to make is that I think from the perspective of many of the practitioners of meme magic and practitioners of chaos magic, and I suspect this is also true for viewers of the in-presence monologues and the New Thinking Aloud interviews who are of the right-wing political persuasion, there's something about liberal democracy that bothers you. It seems like in some ways a little too good to be true, but there is it has its own dark side, doesn't it? Political correctness, the sense that there's this new world order that's going to suppress dissent and difference, that everybody is going to become, you know, globalized and integrated into a, a culture where we will all be mulattoes eventually and lose all of the uh, distinct cultures uh, that our ancestors participated in. And, and other threats as, as well. And, you know, I'm willing to take a good hard look at that, of course. But besides the point, they felt a need for change. Why else would they invoke a deity of chaos? 
And the invocation of such a deity, it's not so different than the invocation of the Tibetan tulpas or the invocation of Philip the ghost. We've, I've had conversations about how thought forms can become tangible and act in the real world. Well, Gary Lachman made a very interesting point. He suggests that the chaos magic people are very much in alignment with the postmodern philosophers who basically think there is no ground to reality. The only ground is that there is no ground. <laughs> in other words, it's all up for grabs. We can shape reality according to our words, according to our will, according to the images, the memes that we can impose on others. And of course, who is better equipped to shape that reality than the President of the United States, a man who's Every word is listened to by thousands, if not millions, of people. Now, another point Gary Lockman makes related to all of this, for what it's worth, I don't want to make too much of it, really, but that Donald Trump and uh, his family have been deeply involved with Norman Vincent Peale and the power of positive thinking. And once again, the idea that your thoughts can create reality. And if you combine that with the idea that there's no absolute truths at all, in other words, not even absolute ethical truths, then uh, why imposing your thoughts on uh, the world is, in effect, that is the uh, act of magic. And who is a more powerful magician than the President of the United States. Well, this is all food for thought. I, I could go on. There's a great deal more to it. I can tell you, uh, for example, that my good friend, <laughs> Jason Reza Giorgiani, I know who irritates many of my fellow liberals, uh, Jason was deeply involved in all of this. He was a close friend at one time with Richard Spencer, the man who made a statement basically saying, we dreamed up Trump and made him real. And also, Jason, the former editor of uh, Arctos Publishing, uh, they're the publishing house that published the books of Alexander Dugan. In fact, Dugan's books were the most popular books published by Arctos. And Jason was the, at one time the editor-in-chief of that company. Well, Dugan is a Russian who uh, supposedly is close to Putin. I don't know whether that's true or not, but there, there are certainly indications that it is true. Dugan is viewed today as a traditionalist, a man who uh, wants to see the traditional Russian values, conservative values in, throughout the world. And I've been looking into Dugan a bit, and it turns out he at one time was a, st a student of chaos magic. In fact, the emblem he uses for his politics is the same as the symbol for chaos magic. And here you can see Dugan <laughs> giving a lecture with that symbol behind him. He was, in fact, a student of Aleister Crowley, very, very different from his conservative values that he supposedly holds. So that's another piece of the puzzle when you consider the supposed Russian influence on uh, the Trump election. It may have been multi-pronged, not just an internet attack, but a chaos magic attack as well.
Now, I doubt very much if Putin had anything to do with that, but Dugan, on the other hand, <laughs> is, is a deep background figure for all of, all of this, a, uh, an important Russian person pulling strings. Well, as I say, there's much, much more to the story, um, but I think I'm kind of giving you an overview for now. It's something worth pondering when you consider that uh, we now know that there's a long history in Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia and in democratic America of interest in the paranormal, the occult, the power of the mind in parapsychology, in uh, new thought in the power of positive thinking, in uh, telepathic hypnotic induction. And uh, now it seems even in the invocation of ancient deities. And <laughs> of course, my friend Jason, I think, is knowledgeable about all of these things. And next time he visits, I intend to probe him more deeply on, on these topics. But what does this all mean for you? What is the lesson in all of this for you? I can only share with you at this point what I think the lesson is for me. And, and that is I am just becoming aware of a whole realm of social activity, vibrant, powerful social activity relating to parapsychology, relating to synchronicities, relating to the occult that I wasn't even aware of. It started out with uh, just yesterday, I you know, posted the uh, discussion about Jacques Vallée and the World Wide Web and his suggestion that uh, the web itself could be used as a tool for studying synchronicities. And then uh, later on in the day, somebody posted and said, oh, yes, yeah, so we did that experiment on our internet radio program and got good results. And then I hear from Gary Lockman and said, well, I just gave a whole lecture going into the topic in great depth. And, and we see that the use of the peppy meme on the internet was deliberately designed to induce these synchronicities. And lo and behold, one might say, yeah, the Trump election was certainly a concatenation of weird and unexplained, unusual coincidences. So it does suggest that uh, to me, the lesson is keep my eyes wide open, that there, there's things going on round about me that I didn't even suspect yesterday. And maybe that's the same lesson for you. I urge you to think about it. And once again, thank you for being with me.